Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we consider the Word of God as it is recorded in Luke chapter 9, verses 18 through 24. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him, and he asked them, saying, Who do the crowd say that I am? So they answered and said, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah. And others say that one of the old prophets has risen again. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said, The Christ of God. And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Your fellow redeemed. Every religion has its necessary ingredients, things that if you would take it away, uh, you wouldn't really have that religion anymore. For example, when you think about Islam, you've got praying uh, towards Mecca five times a day, taking pilgrimages, uh, women covering their faces, things like that. Uh, Mormonism, there's uh, the rules where you can't drink caffeine or alcohol. I found out not even any hot drinks you can't drink. Jehovah's Witnesses, we identify them. They go out two at a time and they have uh, missionary activities. They have to take a two-year missionary program. What would you think is that necessary ingredient? How do people identify Christianity, even from the outside looking in? There are activities, I guess you could say, things that uh, as Christians people would identify as by coming to worship, partaking in the sacrament, uh, loving others, showing love for others, avoiding sin. That's all part of it. But a necessary ingredient of Christianity is the cross. Not as jewelry, not as an icon, not as part of our worship facility, but it is the cross of suffering. The Christ, Jesus, who went to the cross and suffered for all people, that is part of our religion. It is our religion and our faith. Without Jesus and the cross, we have no future. But the cross is also a necessary part of the Christian life looking to the cross of Christ and getting our direction there, finding forgiveness there, but also the cross that we ourselves carry as Christians, suffering that we will receive because of the very fact that we belong to Christ. May the Holy Spirit open our hearts to receive his message this morning. When Jesus walked the earth, he caused quite a stir. We read about wherever he went, crowds and crowds of people followed him. 
Some wanted to see the miracles that were done by him, and, and who wouldn't? And many others wanted to be on the receiving end of those miracles, to be healed of their infirmities. Others came, whether they liked what he heard or not, or what he said or not, they wanted to hear him preaching, for he taught as no other. He taught with authority. For example, in the Sermon on the Mount, too, he was telling people things that they had not heard before in a way that they had not heard it. But even with all that, people didn't know what to make of him. They were, they were perplexed and puzzled as to who exactly he was. And Jesus asked the disciples that very question, who do crowds say that I am? The disciples answered, uh, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah, and others say that one of the old prophets has risen again. So they were on the right track. They knew that Jesus was a prophet, but they wouldn't go so far as to say that he was the prophet, that he was the Messiah, the Christ of God. That's how the disciples identified him, that he was the one set aside by God to be the fulfiller of that office as prophet, and not only prophet, but as priest and king. One who would be the ruler of his kingdom. What got in the way for people was that he had this very humble appearance, that he had come in the form of a servant. So they would try to grasp, how is this man going to be the one that's going to be a ruler? How is he going to be a king when all he has on, all he has is the clothes on his back? But this all is an integral part of his office, that idea of humility. And even further, the fact that he would go to the cross. And this took another leap of faith for people to consider that the Messiah, that the Christ, would do that. Even his disciples had a hard time grasping that. They did not want him to go to the cross. They wanted to uh, have him avoid that at any cost. But Jesus said, on uh, verse 22 of our text, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Notice that this was not optional. He said the Son of Man must suffer many things. Not that it would be a good idea. Not that uh, it would be profitable or an option. He must suffer many things. The cross was necessary for Jesus to accomplish his work. And this did not jive with people's ideas about who the Savior would be or what he would do. In fact, we read how Jesus commanded them to tell no one that he was the Christ, which sounds odd, but they were not equipped at that time to hear it, that their hearts were hardened. Part of the problem was that they did not know from what malady that they needed a Savior. How, what was their main problem? For some, 
It was hunger. It was being filled with bread. And so they saw Jesus. Maybe he could solve this problem as he fed the 5,000 on one occasion, 4,000 on another occasion. And I thought, well, this would be a good way to alleviate our problems of how am I going to eat today? He can give us prosperity. Others thought that their biggest problem was that they were not a sovereign nation anymore, that they were under the thumb of the Roman Empire. And so they saw the role of the Messiah, of the Christ, to be to give them back their prominence, to take them back to the glory days of David and Solomon. And so that's what they were looking for when it came to be a Messiah. They did not understand that their biggest problem, their biggest need, was sin. And that's what they needed a Savior from. And only Jesus' suffering could fulfill that need. Even today, people are looking for different types of saviors because they're, they're, again, misinformed about what their biggest problem is. You look at any survey today and, you know, with uh, elections coming up, taking the mood of the country, and what is it now? Uh, gas prices, inflation, health care is always on there. People see these as some of their biggest needs and yes those are those are issues certainly others might see the over depending upon the, the time that we're in terrorism was once a big need to be filled to have that safety uh, met at different times our country has been at war not with only with terrorists but other nations and that would be on the front page identifying as what would be the biggest need Others might say, well, the environment, that's an issue that needs to be dealt with. And they would see that as a cause and would want to find some entity that could solve that problem. And so when people look to Jesus, they don't see him saying, I'm going to fix these problems. And so they look to other places, whether it be to themselves to provide for need, to the government, to other entities, whatever it would be, to try to take care of what they perceive to be their biggest need. But any of those concerns, any concern at all, is very, very insignificant compared to death and hell. How do we avoid eternal damnation and hell? That's the biggest need to be solved, the biggest problem. And there's only one way that that can be accomplished. Only one Savior that will do it. And that is Jesus coming to the cross. If Jesus could have found another way to do this, to pay for the sins of people, he would have. Recall in the Garden of Gethsemane, how he was pleading with his Father in prayer that if it were his will to take away that cup of suffering, that he would have to drink. He was anticipating, knowing full well uh, how horrible it would be to undergo the punishment of hell inflicted upon him by his own heavenly Father. But in the end, what did he say? Not my will, but thy will be done. And that was the will of the Father. There was no other way for the plan of salvation to be carried out. 
Jesus was willing to do this, willing to go through hell itself for us, because our God is very unique. Our Savior is very unique. And so our faith is very unique. There is no other religion in the world in which the God involved does something for his people, will suffer for his people. Every other religion, salvation comes by something that you do for your God. Maybe there's love involved somewhere along the line, maybe not, but Christianity, God is all about love. That he found the way, the only way in which he would, could be, we could be saved. The only way we could be bought back from the slavery of sin and enjoy eternity with him in paradise rather than suffering an eternity in the torments of hell. The cross of Christ brings us a lot of sorrow because we see Jesus suffering and we know that we're the ones that put him there. It was for our sins that he had to suffer. But the cross of Christ also brings great relief knowing that all of our sins were left there. God is not going to hold us accountable for those on Judgment Day, but rather he looks at us and he sees the holy robes of Christ. He sees us washed clean in the blood of Christ, perfect to stand before him on the last day. Furthermore, the cross has meaning for us in our daily lives, not only knowing of the work of Jesus, but going back to the central idea of the cross as it was first intended by the Romans as an object of suffering. We're told that as Christians, we are going to suffer. Jesus said on verse 23, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We often use the phrase, or you've heard the phrase, well, that's my cross to bear. And we may think in terms of uh, personal illness, financial distress or relationship problems, whatever, and we think, well, that's, that's my cross to bear. When we talk about the cross of the Christian, we want to very narrowly define that as something that we suffer because we are Christians, something that unbelievers would not go through. When we talk about personal problems or financial distress, so forth, that happens to believers and unbelievers alike. But you will have a cross as a Christian. You will suffer because you are a follower of Christ. After all, how did the world treat Jesus? Hated him. Hated him so much that they crucified him. And that hatred is going to overflow, that they have directed toward him, is going to overflow onto his followers. Maybe you think, well, I don't know, I've, I've felt a lot of hatred. But it's, it's out there. And just think about this. If you put out what you know and believe about Jesus, if you identify him as the only way to salvation, if you avoid things and people know that you do that because you're a Christian, or if you would identify uh, 
behavior as sin, you're going to feel the anger of people. You're going to be ostracized. And the more that you stand with Christ, the more you talk about him, the more that, that you will be vilified, that you will be insulted. Other parts of the world, certainly there's physical persecution involved. People lose their jobs, people lose their homes, people lose their lives because of their faith. Anytime we expose that, that we are connected to Christ, I mean, there will be times that people will uh, see that, and of course that they want to know more about Jesus, but there will be the process of suffering because you are a Christian. Part and parcel of that is uh, denying yourself, as Jesus mentions in our text as well. This goes contrary to the idea of our innate uh, ability to preserve ourselves, to want to preserve ourselves. By nature, we don't want to expose ourselves to hardship. We'd rather, we don't want to limit our pleasures. Rather, we want to indulge. Now, if you say to somebody, do you want to be a millionaire? Well, sure. But then if you say, well, you're going to have to spend less than you make, you're going to have to work a certain amount, it becomes less and less attractive. And the same with anything. That it's difficult to discipline ourselves and deny ourselves in order to reach a goal. But it's necessary. And this is part of being a Christian. Your Savior does not want you to become so self-focused so seeking after comforts in this life that you forget about him. We read the last verse of our text, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So if we would rather not be insulted, if we would rather give in to the desires of our sinful flesh, then we will lose our lives. If we find things to be more valuable, whether it's our name, our reputation, whatever it is, we find those things to be more valuable than Jesus, then we're heading down the wrong path. It doesn't mean that we you know, don't enjoy things in this life or don't uh, be able to set goals for ourselves. But overall, we need to remember there is only one master. There is only one God whom we serve, that would be the Lord Jesus Christ. That Jesus wants our energy, our devotion, the first fruits of what we have, the best of what we have, whether it's our time, our talent, our treasure, to be devoted to him and then give the leftovers to ourselves rather than the other way around. But that will make you different from the world again, won't it? That will separate you from the pack. You're going to be swimming against the tide. The Lord wants you to look long-term when it comes to discipleship. For if you are separated from unbelievers today, if you are standing out among them, you can rest assured the same will be true on the last day as well. There will be uh, the unbelievers separated from believers. So is it worth it? to take up your cross and follow Christ? 
Obviously, yes. Absolutely, yes. Difficult? For sure. But carry the cross of Christ gladly, knowing the necessity of it. Carry it with honor, knowing that Jesus took up one far greater, that it, our suffering will never come close to what he did. He carried his cross to make you his disciples. Not only that, to make you God's own child and heirs of heaven. Yes, the cross is necessary, but it is a blessed necessity. Amen.